Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello. Hello. You're listening to Is It Worth It, the film review podcast where we go out of our way to see all the films in the cinema, even the bad ones, so you don't have to. He's Craig Fields. And he's David Long. And we're bringing you week 16. David, what films are we taking a look at this week? Well, Craig, this week we will be reviewing Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, uh, Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible Fallout, Hotel Artemis, Searching, and Hotel Transylvania 3. So plenty of films to keep you occupied this week, guys. Um, so what, what's big news for us this week, David? Well, big news for us, uh, for our listeners that go to Hemel Hempstead uh, Cineworld, you will have seen our new pull-up and our new poster, which are featured uh, in the cinema. Uh, and I have to say, I never thought I would be on a poster in a cinema opposite Tom Cruise. <laughs> but alas, I am. On the left, you have the gloriously handsome Tom Cruise, and on the right, you have my shimmering bald skull. But we are there. In caricature form. In caricature form, which I think is probably uh, a benefit, actually, because I'm not sure our real faces would be quite as appealing. No, and as we said last week, um, since January, I've lost all my hair. I'm, I'm not very representable of the poster anymore. Yeah, in a, I, lo- I was looking back at some photos on my phone, just a, a meal we had at uh, Chiquito's in January, and honestly, you had a, he- a full head of hair, luscious locks. How times have changed. <laughs> um, oh dear. Some other news to bring you, quite literally. We've got some new features, uh, or a new feature in the show this week, so do listen out for that. Uh, and also, as always, we will be bringing you our box office rundown. And before we do that, I can say the box office is much healthier this week, and I think that's because we had a little bit of bad weather over the weekend uh, when I was actually away camping. Uh, <laughs> what happened there, David? Well, we won't go into the details, but there was a lot of wind and a lot of rain. I was actually fine. I've got a very good tent that can withstand sort of 90 mile an hour wind. So when I woke up in the morning, I obviously knew there had been a storm because yeah. I'd, I'd seen the weather forecast, but I didn't hear it. Woke up dry, very comfortable night's sleep, looked around me, devastation. Many tents were blown. Many people were on the on the floor. People, oh, it was, <laughs> you know, it, it was, it really was bad, a bad storm down in Taunton. Um... But alas, I'm back. I'm alive. And and after you came back, you saw Hotel Transylvania 3, didn't you? You went straight to the cinema. I did, much. on my own, uh, straight to the cinema to see that. And we'll be reviewing that on today's show. But yeah, box office numbers are up. And I think that's because the World Cup's ended. The weather has been a bit poorer. And also, it's the summer holidays. And there's lots of good films to go and see. And we will tell you about those films in today's episode in week 16. So without further ado... Let's uh, head on over to our box office rundown. Thank you, Craig. This is the box office rundown. Brought to you by Is It Worth It? The Film Review Podcast. 
That's right, that's the uh, Box Office Rundown theme tune leading into the box office for the weekend of 27th of July to the 29th. David, lead us in from number 10, will you please? Well, at number 10, we have uh, a film, and uh, just seeing the title gave me a bit of a chuckle. The film is Thomas and Friends, Big World, Big Adventures, the movie. <laughs> I mean, that's just a bit of a mouthful. Um, yeah, this has been out for two weeks. Uh, it grossed £100,000 at the weekend, which makes it sneak in at number 10. We haven't seen this. We won't be seeing this. Um, I think the reviews have been fairly poor, um, but... If your kids like Thomas, then maybe it's a good film to go and see, but it sneaks in at number 10. And above that, Craig, what do we have at number nine? Bit of a shock. Yeah, well, Sherlock Gnomes is back in the cinemas for all the kids to see over the summer holidays. Um, it's only taken £100,000, but, uh, well, it's there nonetheless. Yeah, uh, and we did review Sherlock Gnomes, so have a look back at our previous episodes and listen to our review of that. Above that, at number eight, we have... Wow, Ocean's 8. <laughs> do, 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 do. That's been out for six weeks now. It's taken £10.8 million in total. And again, it took a hundred grand at the weekend. Uh, we both saw this film. Um, we both, I think we both said it was worth seeing in the cinema. Yeah, we did. Yep. Um, maybe we should go back and listen to the episode. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Ocean's 8 at 8. In at number seven, we have The First Purge. That's taken £300,000 at the weekend. It's been in the box office for four weeks and it's grossed £5.2 million. Uh, we weren't very... Um, uh, we weren't. We didn't find this film very very great, did we? Or very no, good. it was, um, you know, had interesting political themes and it was certainly a film of great relevance, but sort of mindless violence, a lot of strong language mm. and not really a pleasant viewing experience. No, not executed brilliantly. No. no. Above that, at number six, we have Dwayne The Rock Johnson climbing up buildings with duct tape in Skyscraper. It's been out for three weeks. It's taken £4.8 million, £300,000 at the weekend. Both me and Craig saw this. We reviewed it last week, and we both agreed. Totally ridiculous. But... So worth going to see. <laughs> yeah, in a bizarre it was, way. It was it's, brilliant. It's strangely entertaining, and... During the summer, it's a real easy watch. And yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I do actually think Dwayne Rock Johnson is not only a good stunt actor, I quite like him. No, I, I love him. I think he's great. He's yeah, a great guy. Bit of a man crush on him. Um, <laughs> above that, Mr. Fields, what do we have? In at number five, we have Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. That's been in the box office for eight weeks. It's grossed £41.3 million and took £300,000 at the weekend. Yeah, we've both seen this. Uh, I wasn't a huge fan um, but it is the middle film of a trilogy, and I think it will be forgiven for its faults if they can knock the third one out of the park. And I I am looking forward to seeing that, but I hope it's better than this one because I didn't think it was great. Mm. What have we got at number four, David? At number four, we have a film that we are reviewing on today's show, which is Hotel Transylvania 3, Summer Vacation. That's been out for one week. It's taken £3.5 million in total, and it took all of that money at the weekend. This is a kid's movie. It's the third movie in the series and it's proving quite popular during the summer holidays and I will let you know whether it's worth seeing on today's show <laughs> and so will Craig and I so should say I, this isn't yeah. this isn't is it worth it brought to you by David Long it's <laughs> David and Craig sorry yeah so in at number three we have Incredibles 2 it's been out for three weeks in the box office it's grossed 33.2 million pounds and at the weekend it took 5.1 million pounds uh, a, a film that we both thought was fantastic we both really enjoyed it um, yeah. Yeah, this is the must-see family film of the summer, Incredibles 2. 
And above that, at number two, there's a lot of numbers here that are, some sort of code is being brought <laughs> into. Them. Above that, at number two, is. You're going to say it? It's your one. <laughs> Mamma Mia, here we go again. Um, and we're actually reviewing that on today's show. We saw, we saw it quite a while back, actually. Yeah, it's probably about a week, week and a half ago. But we've we've held off uh, with the review, and we'll be bringing you a review today. The numbers are very solid. Uh, it's taken 28.7 million in two weeks, and it took 7.1 million at the weekend. Again, it's a summer movie. A lot of people are going along for a bit of light entertainment and a good old sing-song. Indeed. So in at number one, we have Mission Impossible Fallout. Uh, that's been out for one week. It's grossed £7.3 million. And at the weekend, it also took £7.3 million. That's without the previews. Um, wow. Mm. I mean, we're going to review this on this week's show. And um, I think you're going to enjoy our review of this one. Yes, I think this will be a very good review. Uh, and, and, and let me just say, I don't want to give too much away, but I think that deserves its position at number one. Yeah, I completely agree with you on that one. So that's our box office rundown. David, if you'd like to go ahead with the traditional 10 to ten to 1 countdown. Yes, thank you, Greg. At number 10, we have Thomas and Friends, Big World, Big Adventures, The Movie. At 9, the Oscar-nominated Sherlock Gnomes. At 8, it's Ocean's 8. 7, The First Purge. 6, Our Man Crush, Dwayne The Rock Johnson in Skyscraper. 5, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. 4, Hotel Transylvania 3, Summer Vacation. 3, Incredibles 2. 2, Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. And at the top of the pile, it's Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible, Fallout. My name's Craig Fields. And I'm David Long. And we are both Cineworld Unlimited card holders. From just £17.90 a month, you can see any film, any time, as many times as you like. You can also get 10% off snacks and drinks, exclusive preview screenings of upcoming releases, and unlimited customers can now enjoy 25% off food and drink at Café Rouge, Bella Italia, Las Iguanas, La Tasca and Belgo. And if you would like £10 off your first month's unlimited membership, just use the code, is it worth it? So it's time for our first review of week 16 and we will be looking at Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. Um, this film is set five years after the events of the original Mamma Mia and in this Sophie begins to learn about her mother's past. Quite early on in the film we see Sophie's incredible work as she has fulfilled her mother's dream of opening a hotel and I have to say the hotel looks fantastic and the film opens with Sophie looking forward to her big night which is the opening night of the new hotel. Unfortunately, we understand that due to work commitments, two of her three fathers uh, cannot attend the party. <laughs> uh, and then things take uh, an even bigger turn for the worst as a really serious storm puts the opening of the hotel in jeopardy. So we have this nice contrast of um, what's happening in the present whilst also being treated to flashbacks of Donna, her mother's past. And we're left with some you know, big questions, Greg. Will the party go ahead? Who will attend? And will Pierce Brosnan sing? <laughs> they are the three main questions. And in terms of questions, we put a number of questions to people who had just seen the film on the opening night. Have a listen to some of their thoughts. So, me and Craig Fields are here at a very busy Hemel Hempstead Cineworld. Um, we are about to interview people as they leave uh, some of the first screenings of Mamma Mia! Here We Go Again. 
We're going to be asking them what they thought of the film, what they thought of the songs, and most importantly, whether it was worth it. What did you think of the film? Amazing. A great follow-up to the first one. Do you think it's better than the first one or, or not? It lives up to the first one, definitely. I'd 100% watch again. It's really, 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 really good. I'd watch it again. I thought it was bloody marvellous. <laughs> My friend come out, out crying. She's just got to go to the little girl's room to fix her makeup. <laughs> well, as you do. I thought it was wonderful and I didn't dance, but I wish I had. <laughs> Did, was there any singing along in this particular screening? Not as much as in the first one. I don't think they joined in as well. Oh, OK. Superb. And, and, and the main question, did Piers Brosnan sing? Yes. Was it as bad as the first one? Mm, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was better than last time, 100%. <laughs> better than last time, so he's been working on it. He's been working on it. That's fantastic. Um, and finally, uh, our podcast is called Is It Worth It? So for our listeners, do you think this is worth um, them going to see in the cinema? Oh, yes, I would go again and again and again and again. And how about you, Amber? 100%, definitely. One million percent. <laughs> it is. Oh, yes. I'd go again. So thank you very much to all those lovely people that we interviewed at Cineworld Hemel Hempstead. Um, so let me go into a, bit of a few things about the film that I really liked. Um, I really loved the fact that we're we're interwoven with 1979 mm. uh, and present day i really love how they sort of coincide with each other and reflect the past to the future um and i and i really love the way that the, the, the whole story is told um the characters are obviously all over the place coming together again and it's the same from 1979 characters from all over the place coming together again and and i, I really love that lily james is just superb yeah you know she had me at hello she really does. Um, I, I love her so much. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Li Lily, Lily James you love, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of people that I, that I, I love. <laughs> <laughs> um, but does the film have an emotional connection? Do you build an emotional connection with the film? Yeah, like without a doubt. Like very early on, you, you have such an emotional connection with, with all the characters. And, and it's all done mostly through the music the music is what brings it together and and, and abba songs are just so indestructible that like you could you couldn't <laughs> have any other songs in a film like this that yeah, that makes it work i mean the story is obviously you know a little crazy mm. um but without those abba songs in it it wouldn't work um and they're just beautiful songs that really give you that emotional connection um the original was good it was it was okay um I mean, both these films go against everything that I I would normally like in a film. Usually, I'd hate these things in the mm. film, but it's it's the ABBA songs that make it brilliant. Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you said. I mean, it's ten years since the first one was made, and there was a lot of umming and ahhing about whether this one needed to be made. And the problem they had was, in terms of the current story, there isn't actually that much that they can do. There isn't that. You know, ha yeah, yeah, room for for much film, really. Yeah, yeah. So they incorporate these flashbacks, which work really, really well. Um, one one problem I do have with this film is I totally agree. I like the mu I like the music in it. I like the songs in it, but they feel incredibly forced. 
they feel really forced into this in the sense that good musicals sort of delicately position the songs into the very flow of the drama. Whereas this one, it sort of feels like they've taken a sledgehammer and just sort of smashed them <laughs> literally into the middle of the film. So we're moving along and then bang, 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 here's a song. And I'm not saying the songs are bad. I'm just saying the flow, it interrupts the flow. So it's very much like we're talking... Da da! Yeah. Now we've burst into song, and I just didn't think that flow. Um, I, I I agree with you. Yeah. Um, but I think you have to take your critical head off for this and put on your, you know, your emotionally. Um, I am coming to that, Craig. Yeah. Oh, okay. I am go coming on, to then. that. Go on, you go to that. Uh, no, no, no. I'm ju- I'm I'm literally going to come on to that very point about don't take this film too seriously, um, because like I said, I do love I do love the songs. I like the fact that some of the ABBA songs in here aren't. The the most well known ones they were obviously blasted out in the first film, yeah. which is why a lot of people thought they would never make a second film because they didn't have much material left. Um, but for me, I'll tell you why I like this film because with the flashbacks we get um, a young Donna, a young Rosie, and a young Tanya played by Lily James, Alexa Davis, and Jessica Keenan, and I think these three are absolutely superb. Yeah, particularly Lily James, they can sing, they can dance, they visually they look like the younger version of the of the older actresses the mannerisms and all those great look alike great great chemistry exciting performances and also i like the fact that the three fathers played by pierce brosnan colin firth and i can't remember the last guy's name and it's quite difficult to pronounce but everyone knows who i'm talking about they can't sing they can't dance but that's the point that is the point of this film it's about you know, one of my favourite parts is when Piers Brosnan comes across the se- uh, the screen singing, you can sing, you can dance, when singing terribly and dancing, dancing. terribly. Yeah. But the next yeah. lyric is having the time of your life. And that's what that's what they're having. You know, Piers Brosnan can't sing. He can't dance. But that's the point. That's the whole point of this film. And we do get good singing and good dancing from the younger characters. So I think mostly this has been well received. But I think the critics that slam this need to have a day off, eat some fruit, you know, yeah. just chill out a bit because it's, it's it, you know, it's not a film you've got to have your critical head on. My only criticism is I think the the songs feel a bit forced. I don't think the flow of it, of the film is as good as it could have been. Mm. When we are comparing it to, to the first one, I think this film is, is way better technically. It's much slicker with the camera moves. It's much slicker in the way the story is told. And, and it's obviously the, the interweaving part of the story is is key to this mm. this film without that it's nothing really yeah. um and and uh, yeah I, i'm gonna put the question to you david mamma mia here we go again is it worth it believe it or not yes i think this, i really do think this is worth going to see in the cinema because i think this film does deserve some credit you know it brings new songs it brings an interesting engaging backstory and most of all it's just a fun film this film could have been a disaster it really could and it wasn't a disaster. Therefore, it's a success. So I'm going to say to our listeners, go and see it. I dare you. <laughs> One more point that actually I'd like to add is, <laughs> is something about Cher. Oh, yeah. We haven't even no, mentioned Cher. Cher. We're going to do a share and come in right at the last minute. She Exactly. That is the yeah, point that I'm yeah. going to make. She comes in right at the last minute, really. And I think that's... I, I wanted more of her. She was great. I agree. But I think the whole idea of Cher was because, I mean, she's a very talented singer, obviously. Her acting skills, not so much. 
Oh, I don't know about that. I, I, I don't... I mean, her face can't move, can it? So... Oh, no, David, no. I, I thought she was great. Oh, well, you... It, she's had a lot of work done, so... <laughs> I mean, her, her, she in terms of facial expressions, there's not a lot there. And I think, actually, she comes in with a powerhouse singing performance at the end, and I think that's right. Yes, she, she brings the best vocal of the whole film, but, of course, it's Cher. Mm, and I think what a song. I think if you had brought her in early, you'd have... Climax too early, which I, I don't know if I can say that, but I'm going to. Um, so I, th- I think she comes in at the right time and I think it gives that big finish that this film needs. Certainly no Mamma Mia 3. Uh, yeah, maybe they could do. I hope, well. They might. Who knows? It's the money. But for me, Craig, it's worth it. For me, it's definitely worth it as well. It's, it's an enjoyable film. It's entertainment at the end of the day. Yeah. So that's what we go to the cinema for. Nothing more you can say about that, can you? Go and see it. Go and I see dare it. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're now just going into our, our next review, which is obviously Mission Impossible. Uh, yeah. But but before we before we do so, David me, me, David me, wants to lick his wounds. Me and Craig have had a bit of an argument because I said Cher can't act. So I'm going to go back on what I said and said, <laughs> say, I don't think she acts very well in Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, because of the amount of plastic surgery she's done. <laughs> However, right, I am, I am getting myself out of this hole. I would like to say that she has been nominated for two Academy Awards, including winning Best Actress in 1988 for Moonstruck. There we go. Exactly. I apologise, Cher. Brilliant vocals, but again, I still think her acting days are behind her. Had no choice to say it. Anyway. <laughs> no, no, that's your opinion, and that's absolutely fair enough, to be honest with you. Um, so, Mission Impossible. Yes. Mission Impossible Fallout. This is uh, the latest, obviously, Mission Impossible film, uh, starring Tom Cruise, Simon Pegg's back in the, and, in the fold, and we've got Henry Cavill joining the team as well. Yeah. Um, so, Ethan Hunt and his IMF team, uh, along with lots of familiar faces, um, mm. are, are joined on this uh, race against time to... to, to solve the mission that's obviously somewhat impossible <laughs> yeah it's funny you should say it because i was speaking to my brother about this the other day told him i was going to see mission impossible and he just really casually goes well they're not really impossible are they <laughs> but there's always <laughs> this is what the seventh one nice, you know, yeah, yeah. i just made me yeah. laugh he's got a point um but yeah a little bit about the plot crack so this plot we've gone nuclear with mm. this one um so no nuclear war codes no some sort of nuclear bomb has been shared with terrorists. They're being sold off to terrorists. Uh, and it's uh, Ethan and his team's job to get these uh, nuclear bombs back before they get let off, essentially. Mm. Um, so they have to impersonate certain people as they do in the Mission Impossible films. Um, and there's obviously a plethora of of action set pieces mm. um, along the way. Um, you know, there's not much more I can really say about the plot because it just gives so much away because yeah. the film is just set piece after set piece after set piece. And what a film this is. Yeah, um, totally these, agree. Every single set piece that goes in the, on in this film is just amazing. Tom Cruise, um, you told me how old he was earlier. Can you just um, repeat how old he is? I, I could not believe this. Tom Cruise is 57 years old. Wow. Unbelievable. I, I mean, I knew he was of an age. I thought he was maybe early 50s. Yeah, yeah, same. But my word, you know, he's in impeccable shape for that age. We're having a little laugh. You know, my dad's 60. I can't imagine him pulling off some of the stunts <laughs> that uh, Tom Cruise was doing in this. So take a listen to this clip that we've got and we'll come back in for our full review. 
I know what you're thinking. Maybe they're not here for you. Maybe they're just here for me. Are you willing to take that chance? You have something I want. Right now, that makes me the only person you can trust to get you out of here alive. I think I'd like to go home now. Oh, my God. Oh, Craig, I love the clips you select for this show. That is just slashing and the crowd shocked and horrified. It's, it's as Tom Cruise. almost comical, isn't it? It's, it's fantastic. The cl- that clip does nothing for the film, but it is hilarious to listen Audibly, to. Audibly, that's brilliant. Um, but visually, I, see, I have to say, it's even better. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you thought the audio was good, wait till you see the visuals. Um, so coming back into the review part, um, David, um, give us your little bit of, of your take on the film. Do you know what, Craig? I... I'm not going to mess around with this review. I absolutely love this film. Uh, I thought it was superb. And that is shown, you know, you know how much I like my Rotten Tomatoes. You go yeah, on Rotten yeah. Tomatoes, 97% of critics like it. That's extraordinary. And 92% of the audience like it. So when critics like it more than the audience, you know that you've got something fantastic. And I tell you what this film does. It goes to show that you can make a big Hollywood blockbuster, but you can still do something that's well shot and considered. Because that's what this film is. Yeah. It's not only a big blockbuster with fantastic stunts. It's also visually very, very satisfying. Especially the chase scenes involving motorbikes. Oh, that was an incredible set piece, that I, was. I, I cannot tell you how they shot that. You might know better than me. But the feeling you got when Tom Cruise is whizzing around Paris on a motorbike at an extremely fast mm. speed... You know, you really feel like you're in there. And it and it's one of the very few films I've seen in the cinema that I've gone, surely not, or yeah. this is insane. Like, this is crazy. I think that it works, that, those, that, that set piece works because, A, Tom Cruise is doing all of his own stunts in that pit. Unreal. And, like, most of the film. And, two... They have cameras strapped to other motorbikes that are riding alongside, which is get that, that, that gets you right mm. in with the action. And just amazing. I, I have to point out, actually, we saw this film in, in IMAX 3D. Yes, we did. And this is, you know, quite difficult for us to say and admit, but 3D films we generally do not like. Yeah. However, mm. this one really, really works in 3D. Why? Because it's subtle. It's yeah. not in your face like Avengers Infinity War was. So much goes on in Infinity War. It all comes flying out at you. It's, it's You don't know where to look. With mm. Mission Impossible, it's, it's not in your face. It's not loads of stuff flying about in your face. It's just subtle. And mm. I really loved it. It enhanced our viewing of it. And I think that's the best thing you can do with 3D is just enhance the viewing yeah. subtly. Don't throw things in people's faces because it distracts from the storyline. This did not do that at all. I totally agree. You know, some 3D films, they have explosions and things flying out at you for the sake of it. There was none of that in this. And on the IMAX in 3D, it, it was bizarre because I completely lost perspective of the size of the screen. 
because I genuinely did feel like I was in it. Yeah. And as you know, I I hate 3D. You know, I normally I just cannot watch films in 3D. I find it really distracting. But this, if you're a fan of 3D films, you will love it. If you're not a fan of 3D films, I would say this is actually worth seeing in 3D. It really is that good. Mm. Um, and another point, though, the criticism of 3D is that you have to sit so still mm. because if you move your head a little bit, it does go a bit fuzzy. But once you realise that and you can try and sit still... It does. It does enhance that viewing. That, but that is the only criticism of the 3D aspect of the film yeah. that that I I I disliked. But that's something that, as technology gets better, it will improve. I hope. You know. But in terms of the film, we've said that visually it was stunning. Um, we didn't really give a, a a very sort of clear synopsis because this film has so many plot twists, and it also what it does yeah. effectively is it somehow manages, which a lot of films fail to do it somehow manages to have about four or five different stories going on and it merges them all together so mm. effortlessly and you're like wow that's happened wow this has happened and it's just constantly changing there's so much going on that i, I don't really want to say anything about the plot itself because yeah. it's just brilliant but what about the, uh, the acting then so mm. tom cruise um as always is just brilliant and and his ability to do all of the stunts is just brilliant Simon Pegg is back as Benji and and as always he's just brilliant you can't not have a film now Mission Impossible film without mm. Simon Pegg in it um and and Henry Cavill wow um he was just an absolute beast his moustache <laughs> so worth him not yeah. having to shave that off for for the Justice uh, yeah. League film mm. I'm happy that they had to CGI that out and not have him shave that off for Mission Impossible because his moustache is just brilliant. Let I want to grow you, a moustache now like that. This film is worth seeing it just for that moustache. But you did, you had a handlebar moustache for I, a while. I, I, and I loved I it. I did. And okay, it's coming back. Oh, I'll hold you to that. All right. You know, it's really funny, Craig, you said, what about the acting? Because in my notes, I've, I've literally put Tom Cruise brings it in this film. And he's so calm, so collected and so smooth. But we expect that from Tom Cruise. I think the fact he does his own stunts is incredible. Um, he injured himself. I think he might have broken his ankle. Yeah, he did. Whilst performing one of these stunts in London. And we actually see that shot in the film. So I think you've got this cool, calm, sophisticatedness. You've got these epic stunts. But also, his character has so much depth. Like, this man can really act. Like, I know he gets a lot of stick about his private life. And, you know, he's, he is a bit of a weird bloke. Scientology, yeah. But this guy, you know, there's depth and emotion in this character. I thought his performance was fantastic. And like you said, Simon Pegg, there's some brilliant comedy in this film as well. And it's not like some action films where it's like, here's the forced comedy, have a laugh. It just flows. Action, comedy, romance. Oh, what a film. <laughs> Tom, Tom Cruise to flying say. his own helicopter. Oh, God, yeah, that was just amazing. Uh, he spent... I think like four months straight mm. learning how to fly a helicopter <laughs> and then be stunt helicopter flying yeah. um but the, but going back to the bit where he broke his ankle as well he ca he knew instantly that he broke his ankle whilst filming and carried on mm. and that is actually in the film yeah, which is. is just testament to his to his getting in character and 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 just being a great actor yeah cuz um, I, I remember yeah. seeing that in the newspaper a year or so ago when they were shooting and thinking oh I wonder if they'll keep that and they do you see him go down and he just gets straight back up you know 
no doubt that Tom Cruise mm. is one of the biggest stars on the planet, yeah. but let me tell you, the man has talent and he yeah. really does show it in this film. After, after you go and see this film, people, um, <laughs> it's worth going on YouTube and just searching for the behind-the-scenes stuff because the behind-the-scenes stuff on YouTube for this film is really good because it really does show you... Um, how dedicated Tom Cruise is and all of the behind the scenes stunts, how they how they develop it, how they think about it, how long it takes just to do some of these set pieces. Um and and for that reason, it's worth mm. going to see in the cinema. It has to be seen in the cinema, without a doubt. Um I'm gonna ask you the question. I've obviously answered it myself just then, but <laughs> David, is this film worth it? Yes, Mission Impossible Fallout is a fantastic film. Visually stunning, great stunts, great acting. It's worth seeing, and it's worth seeing on the biggest screen possible. I recommend seeing it in IMAX or Super Screen. And if you like 3D, go and see it in 3D because it was really, really enjoyable. Yeah. I want to see this again. It really was a fantastic, almost perfect action movie. Completely agree with you. So that was our review of Mission Impossible Fallout. Uh, we're now going to be heading over to our newest feature, Ooh. Ooh, which is news. News. <laughs> well, there we go. That's our, our new jingle for our new feature, uh, which is obviously the news. Movie news, by the way, not just random news. No, but no random news whatsoever. Absolutely none. Um, so, David, do you want to kick us off with our first uh, article that you found that you'd quite like to tell? Yes, so about? keep it quite brief, but The Incredibles 2 has taken $1 billion at the box office globally. So wow. after a month and a half of release, Incredibles 2 has become the third movie for Disney this year and the 36th movie of all time to gross the $1 billion mark at the global box office. Um, and this is pretty major news, Craig, because it puts The Incredibles 2 in some pretty fine superhero companies. It now sits alongside Black Panther and Avengers Infinity War in the 2018 Billion Dollar Club. Wow, that's amazing. It's worthy and it's amazing that it's got there. Yeah, it's so it's taken a billion globally and it's taken more already than the first film. Wow. Um, and it deserves it. It's brilliant. Yeah, definitely. Um, another article that I've, I've found um, quite interesting uh, over the last couple of weeks was that James Gunn was uh, recently fired uh, from working on the next Marvel Guardians of the Galaxy film. Um, this is harking back to some tweets that he did, um, mm. which uh, we won't go into too much detail about because it's quite complex. Um, but it was something to do with criticism of Donald Trump and, and somebody bringing up these tweets from from years ago mm. uh, and obviously they're not very pc and as marvel was a disney company that's en enough for war to warrant them to fire him um mm. and obviously james gunn worked on the previous marvel uh, guardians films he's he's planned with the other directors who've worked on the other marvel films to bring the cinematic universe together mm. um so it's going to be quite interesting not to have james gunn on board and the sort of the things that he could bring to the guardians uh films and and the other marvel films as well but interestingly enough as well, there are a lot of fans out there who are calling for him to be reinstated. And, and on and, top of that as well. And we, so the, the the crew as well. Yeah, the, uh, the, the actors, actors, they've all signed a joint statement supporting James Gunn, um, uh, explicitly asking for him to be reinstated, um, calling his firing the court of public opinion. Mm. Um, so actually, it'd be good to get your opinion on this, uh, um, our lovely listeners, to see what you think of of this situation. Should he be fired for tweets that were so long ago? Um, or, you know, 
because it's obviously a Disney company mm. that they're working for, or is this something that you know people change? Um, you know, he is a great guy at the end of the day. Um, obviously, his tweets weren't very PC, but who knows? You know, my personal opinion is that I think he should be reinstated. To mm. be honest, but what, what do you think? I don't. I mean, I don't know the full the full uh, details of this, but it's it's dangerous territory if we start sacking people for tweets they've done 10 years ago i think a lot of people could lose their jobs mm. i'm not i'm not saying what he tweeted was right um i'm just saying it it's dangerous territory i mean i mean look at what donald trump tweets and he's the president of the united states so mm. i mean i i, I think completely. if we're going to go down that route then i think alan sugar i mean come on yeah yeah i, I completely agree with you there um, what else have you got? Yeah, so in our third piece of news, um, big news, this, uh, the Disney and Fox merger. So both Disney and Fox shareholders uh, met recently to discuss the proposed merger and the deal has now been approved by both sides. Um, obviously, it's going to be a little bit of time before the two companies truly merge together, but the process has now got underway and it is suggested that Disney is spending £71.3 billion on <laughs> wow. the deal. It's a no-brainer. And you know a bit more about this than me. It's huge news because it means... It, it just means that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is going to be much bigger now. It means mm. the X-Men can come in, Fantastic Four. You know, it, it's just going to be brilliant to have uh, Wolverine playing alongside Spider-Man, for instance. Yep. Even though Spider-Man is part of Sony, that was a deal that... Marvel have made with with Sony to get Spider-Man in. I think it's just going to be incredible. I think it's going to be a real like an amazing uh, way of introducing some new characters that Yeah, I mean 71.3 billion is a huge amount of money and I think it's exciting for cinema goers like ourselves, but it also gives Disney a huge number of options when it comes to their theme parks, what they can do in their theme parks, the sort of memorabilia they can they can sell. Um it's a massive massive deal and hopefully one that will benefit the viewer as well as the business. So should be worth it. Hopefully. And our final piece of news, you have a bit more news? Yeah, news? so Andy Serkis was uh, or is uh, completing a film called Mowgli. So this is um, a Jungle Book film. Um, and it's found a new home rather than being uh, released cinematically. It's going out um, on Netflix in 2019, uh, which is not... I wouldn't say this is a strange move these days, but it's obviously different mm. you know a massive film like this going straight to netflix um which would have had the cinematic release um which would have come out in october but it's not now um and it's also going to be a much darker yeah. version of the jungle book um we did recently have uh, a version of the jungle book come out which i fa thought was fantastic um but this you know i, I love andy circus anyway i think i think it's gonna be fantastic but i don't have netflix i know you're looking at me like what why no i just don't we're not here to plug Netflix, but I, th I thought you had it. No, no. Oh. So I'm, maybe I'm going to have to get it just for that, to be honest with you. <laughs> that and Stranger Things. Mm. And finally, in other news, twin red panda cubs have been born in a zoo in New York. And that was the news brought to you by Is It Worth It? The Film Review Podcast. Following a major refurbishment at Jarman Square, which now offers a large selection of quality restaurants and activities, Cineworld Hemel Hempstead invites you to enjoy and experience their new facilities. IMAX, 3D, Super Screen, and a conveniently placed Starbucks. If you want to see any of the latest releases, including The Incredibles 2, Mission Impossible Fallout, or Ant-Man and the Wasp, then head to Cineworld Hemel Hempstead in partnership with Is It Worth It? The Film Review Podcast.
Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed our new feature, which was the news. We will now be reviewing Hotel Artemis. Now, this film is set 10 years in the future. And just to give you a little idea of what is going on, water has been privatised, which basically means that the rich can afford it and the poor can't. And this has led to a huge uprising to protests, to pillaging and plundering. And downtown L.A., is unrecognisable. There's fires, it's covered in smog, there's disorder everywhere, you know, people are robbing banks and looting, and that's where our story begins. Uh, After a bank job goes wrong, two brothers check into a members-only hotel for criminals. And I say hotel, it's actually more of a hospital. The nurse who runs this hotel is played by Jodie Foster, and using some fairly incredible technology, she soon begins to work her magic on these two injured brothers. However, as the riots escalate on the streets around them, and we do see really quite uncontrollable scenes, what becomes evident, Craig, and our listeners, (laughs) is that actually the real danger to them may lie in the hotel, the very place they have come to recover. What we're going to do now is we're going to listen to a little clip where we have Jodie Foster's character um, talking to one of the members of this hotel. Hey, are we safe in here from doomsday? I mean, are these walls fortified with anything? Those people are animals. They just want clean water. Well, then they can get a job and pay for water like the rest of us. You don't like that? You one of those bleeding heart types? Well, hey, cops kill poor people, poor people kill cops. That's the circle of life. Hakuna Matata. Easy for the robots. Swimming in your Alta Canal. Take one in an hour, and then after that, you can go. All right. Uh, hey, uh, my TV's broken. I want to watch your riots. Has an old one in the game room. It's hardwired. It should be working. Hang on. You want me to go out there with the criminals? Kuna Matata, buddy. Oh, that's cute. So that was a very good clip, um, and I think it really shows the sort of tension of what's going on in L.A., and it also shows the really sort of blunt nature of Jodie Foster's character, who is there basically to get these criminals fit and well and out of a hotel as soon as possible. Um, now I'll start by saying I love the concept of this film I think it's got a great cast it's obviously got Jodie Foster Jeff Goldblum's in it as well however I'm going to kick straight in and say I found this whole film a little disappointing if I'm honest because I feel that whilst there were moments of interest and like I say a really unique concept the film never really got out of third gear so I I will say it got into third gear but I remember actually being in the cinema with you poking you and Craig hates it when I talk to him <laughs> in the cinema yep. he really does hate it like it needs something and he was like yeah it does because it, it was there but then it, it never really went anywhere um, and I really felt that it felt like a bit of a low budget spin off I don't know what you thought about this some of the fighting scenes seemed a bit clumsy the, the whole the way LA was depicted just seemed quite low budget Um I think it had a real Blade Runner feel. Yeah. You know, Blade Runner 2049 feel, that sort of futuristic feel and things have gone terribly wrong. But it lacked the visual beauty of Blade Runner and it also lacked the epic soundtrack that we got in Blade Runner 2049. And for those reasons, I was disappointed. And I also thought the script was very disappointing. Yeah. I thought it... It just didn't flow, did it, Craig? No, no, I, I completely agree with everything you're saying there. It's it's a difficult film in the sense that for you to follow, 
you're you're stuck in the moment that they're in and they try to send you back into uh, the past with Jodie Foster's character in the sense that you're trying to find out a bit more about her. Mm. Um, but they they don't really give you everything that you want from that. You, there's there's a whole subplot about her her son being dead and um and and how that happened. And it I don't know. It just didn't give me that emotional connection that I really needed to have with Jodie Foster's character at all. Um, it was just very little little bits of pieces here mm. and there are given to you, and it's like that throughout the entire film. You do learn a bit more about it, but you don't care. Mm. It didn't need it. Yeah, you're right. It, the, the the backstory needed to come in much much earlier. Yeah, because right. otherwise yeah. We, we know nothing of Jodie Foster's character other than she is made a hotel for criminals. So we're thinking, well, why is she doing that? And and it's it's a frustrating film because you're thinking, great concept, good cast, bad script, but I'll forgive you. Give yeah. me something. It, and it's also yeah, as you say, it's set in the future, ten years into the future. But everything seemed far too futuristic yep. for yep. ten years in the future. Um, and and for me, it didn't suspend my reality for for that reason. Um, I mean, the the police officers were really over the top, futuristic masks and um, robotic, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, very robotic. Um, and then the hotel itself was set in this sort of very nineteen-thirties-esque um, style. Yeah. Whilst having nanotechnology to repair people, mm. which was it was nice, but it just didn't it didn't work. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Craig. If you'd have said to me when's this set, I'd have said you know Blade Runner sort of thing, twenty forty nine, twenty fifty, thirty, forty years in the future, perhaps. Not ten. No, it just it was like, too futuristic. Yeah, and then when yeah. we got this future futurism, it it didn't. I don't know if that's a word, but I've gone for it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it didn't seem plausible. No, it didn't. It didn't. What I, the word that I'd use is tangible. Is that tangible in ten years into the future? I don't think so. And um, um, I think the word's plausible. Well, the word is plausible, but is it tangible? Can we can we reach for that? Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Is that is it going to be like that in the ten years time? I don't mm. think so. Um, but on top of that, then we have Jeff Goldblum coming in playing Jeff Goldblum. Um, yeah. I mean, great, great acting, but it is Jeff Goldblum being Jeff Goldblum. Um, I do want to say a little something about this because Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. He's in the trailer. And that what he does in the trailer is literally what he does in the film. And he's not in this film again for very long. It's a bit like Cher. We're not going to go down that slippery slope again. <laughs> but it's like you've got Jeff Goldblum. Bring him in earlier. Yeah. Get him involved. Give him more lines. For the bit that he was in, or for the parts that he was in, he was great. Yeah. Um, Zachary Quinto plays plays his son. Um, lots of um, pent-up energy from Zachary Quinto going in there. Mm. Um, yeah, it feels like he's just... What's the word I'm looking for? Maybe uh, seething. You know, he just he seems to be seething the entire just time. Just in... so angry, mm. and uh, it's not a bad performance, but it's just it's not not great either. Mm. Um, I mean, as a whole, I, did I enjoy the film? No, mm. I didn't. I it just didn't flow for me. It didn't give me the suspense that I, that I wanted. It didn't suspend my beliefs in in the fact that this is ten years in the future. Um, and and then it just leads us to the question: Then is it worth seeing on a big screen? Which is really the main question that we ask each other. Um, and I'm asking myself this: Is it worth it in the cinema? <laughs> um, no, I don't think it is. I mean, there's, there's nice cinematography going on. The colours are quite nice within the film, which which gives you a nice reason to see it in the cinema. Mm. But overall, it's not worth going to see in the no. cinema. I don't think. I totally agree. I mean, I've said 
this film really reminds me of home cooking. So you've got a fantastic recipe. You've got all the ingredients. <laughs> okay. You follow the recipe. Yeah. And then the meal at the end is just bland. And that's exactly what I thought we had here. You know, great cast, great concept. Mm. But the final product was really bad. Executed. You know, it, it had the badly. potential to be a fillet steak and it ended up being an overcooked, under-seasoned um, porterhouse. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so essentially... Or, or, or uh, undercooked, over-seasoned sirloin. Disappointing, yeah. chewy, rubbery. Okay, that's, yeah, that's a better analogy. Real shame. I don't know where Porterhouse come from. I'm quite hungry. but um, <laughs> I'm quite hungry as well. Do you know what I mean, though? It, yeah, it had yeah, everything yeah. that you need and it didn't execute it. So for me, not worth seeing in the cinema. And if I'm honest, I wouldn't watch this on, on DVD either. You know, we've both been very critical of it. Some some critics have enjoyed this. I'm not quite sure why, but that's the beauty of film reviews. But for us, for me, for Craig... Not worth it. Hotel Artemis, no. not worth it. Spend the money on a, on a nice porterhouse instead. <laughs> if you've scrolled through your Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or done anything remotely connected to the internet, you've probably seen an ad for a subscription service. Something like Dollar Shave Club, 5-4 Club, The Birch Box, and many, many more. You may be wondering, what is the big deal about subscription boxes? Well, Package Media is here to tell you all about them, but not just tell you about the box, but the person behind the package. Come join us and listen in as we interview the creators behind these businesses so that you can understand not only the product, but the passion behind their services. Come check us out at Packaged Media. We are subscribed. We are packaged. Welcome back. We're now on to the penultimate uh, film review of week 16 of the Film Review Podcast. And we're going to be reviewing uh, a film called Searching. Now, this film uh, came out early for us because we are Cineworld Unlimited card holders. So if you are a Cineworld Unlimited card holder, you are able to go and see films uh, that aren't out. They are called Unlimited Card Screenings. No, secret not, Screenings. No, they're not even secret screenings. Some of them they? are secret and this was a preview, so we yes. knew what this was. But yes, fantastic nonetheless. Um, so we 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 went into this film a little bit um, none the wiser, really. Mm. We didn't really look up what it was about. We just knew we wanted to go and see this. Uh, it's out on the thirty first of August. That's correct. Um, so what is this film about? So to describe the film to begin with, this whole film <laughs> is very tough. Is shot through the computer. <laughs> so what do I mean by that? Well. If you're on your computer screen, you can you can see everything that's on your screen. So that includes, I don't know, if you're on Windows, you can see the start menu and all those sort of things. Um, if you're on a Mac, then you can bring up things like FaceTime or iMessages. And the entire film is basically a, a screen recording of, uh, of, of, the, of a screen, of a, of a computer screen. Um, and it starts off at the beginning with uh, them using a Windows machine, Windows XP, I believe. Um, yeah. And... You know, they the family are setting up the the computer for their daughter, and they've got an account for the for the parents and and an account for the daughter. So they take a picture through the webcam, so you can still see them, and you get all the interactions through the characters through the computer screen, which is a little bit bizarre. Yeah, really. so we we build a relationship with the characters because we see photos of the daughter growing up and videos, and it all gets pieced together in various different files in the computer. It's it's a little. It's very difficult to describe yeah, this film, it's isn't very it? Hard it's very to describe. But it's 
I, I don't know how to do this review because it it's, is it is brilliant. I'm just yeah. going to go straight into this. Yeah. Uh, uh, my expectations to begin with, as as you as it's coming on the screen and you see everything, the, the Windows screen boots up like it would mm. do on your normal computer, and you're thinking, "Blimey, what is this going to be?" Mm. And the trailer isn't very good either. Um, yeah, but... I I totally agree. So when I saw the trailer, I I wasn't impressed. It was basically just a dad shouting, and the the basic plot or premise of this film is that we have a a father uh, and his daughter, the mum. Passes away, and we we learn of that very early on in the film, and then his daughter goes missing, uh, and the film is really sort of a very complicated, twisty, turny unraveling of this mystery: where is she gone? Why is she gone? You know, and it's all as Craig said: it's all shot through computer screens, through iMessage, through webcams, through um, CCTV recordings. So it is totally uncinematic. There is nothing cinematic about this film at all. And that actually works. And I tell you, I'll tell you why it works. Because for me, I genuinely felt like I was spying on a real-life event. So at no point did I think I'm in the cinema watching a film. I thought, blimey, this, this girl's actually gone missing. And I've, I've hacked this computer. Yeah. And I'm watching their life unfold. And it's an incredibly clever film because... Like you said, it, it uses modern technology and people nowadays are so immersed in their phone. I'm the worst, you know, and it's not like the old days. I remember um, my dad used to get a phone call from his dad, my wonderful grandpa, every Sunday at nine o'clock. Now you just ring, ring your mum on FaceTime whenever and everyone's so much more connected. And the whole idea of this film is how is it we've got all this technology and she still seems to have just completely vanished um, and fantastic script. Um, love the acting in it as well. Yeah, I mean the acting superb from uh, from John Cho. I mean he carries the film on his back really mm. well, um, and and he's basically interacting with the computer screen, and you see mm. the whole emotional pull from him through that computer screen. So mm. that's text messages to his daughter, that's FaceTimes to his daughter, FaceTimes to other people as well, um, uh, and and it's just amazing that it worked. Mm. I mean. It's it's effective because the acting is so natural and so engaging that, like I said, it doesn't feel like a film. It feels like this is genuinely happening and the script flows so well. There's nothing forced about it. Of, of all the films I've seen in the cinema since doing this podcast, this is the one that bizarrely felt the most natural. And I think the... The editors have to take credit for that. I think the scriptwriters have to take credit for that. I think, obviously, the director and also the actors. I do know, reading up about this film, that the director watched every single film yeah. ever made of this style. And he basically concluded, to cut a long story short, that they were all pretty terrible. But he saw the opportunity and he took that opportunity. And let me tell you, he makes a film that is fantastic to the point where... Um, Craig will tell you a little bit about the awards this has already been nominated for and won. But I'm going to go out on a limb here and say there's always one film come award season, whether it's Golden Globes, BAFTAs, or particularly the Academy Awards, that's a little bit different and a little bit off-key. And I genuinely think this film may be in and around award season for some quite big awards, whether yeah, it be yeah. Best Picture, Best Editing. Um, oh, what a film. Yeah, I completely agree. And, and as you say, Anish uh, T uh, Chiganti, he's the director of this film. And w what a job he's done. He's He found that market really, really um, well and, and exploited it 
just fantastically. And so the, the awards that they've won so far, this was taken to Sundance Festival and it won uh, the Alfred P. Salone um, Feature Film Prize. Uh, it won the Audience Awards. It won, came second at the Sydney Film Festival um, and it was a nominee as well at another film festival. So it's it's already raking in some mm. pretty good awards, especially the Sundance Film Festival one um, and, and the Sydney Film Festival. They're pretty prestigious awards, I'd say. Mm. Um, and yeah. The Oscars uh, is in February, so the award season is is always early in the year. So a lot of potential award-winning films yeah. tend to come I, out I, in October, November. And this yeah, is a bit earlier, but I, I, just... I don't know whether it will because of that. Um, the, the films have to be released at a certain time of the year mm. to be up for an Oscar. Um, so I'm not 100% sure it will, it's released at the right time for yeah. that. But I think it will continue to win awards at other film yeah. festivals that they take it to. Um, I think what we're saying, nonetheless, is this is a very, very good yeah, film. Uh, oh, just it's an extraordinary film. It really is. Oh, you've got your finger <laughs> up in the air. He wants to say something. One negative. Oh, okay. Go on. And I think you agree with me on this. Um, the ending was slightly disappointing. Yes. Not in substance. Not what happened, and I don't want to say anything about what happened because I want you to enjoy this film, but just in the way it was shot, of all the scenes, it it was one of the most disappointing, and that's a shame. But despite that, it's an almost flawless film, a unique idea, very, very special. Just the ending I found a little bit disappointing, like I said, not in substance, just in the way it was shown to us as a viewer. Yeah. Um, I Just the pace of the film, brilliant. Um, you know, it's an hour and 42 minutes long and, and that was just perfectly, mm. um, it's a perfect length for the film and, and at no points within the film was I getting bored. Even the scenes where they're like typing through iMessages and texting yeah. each other, you're held in suspense with that. And I like that very much so. Yeah. Cause you feel like you're almost snooping in. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you have multiple Apple devices, you can see what other people are typing at some, sometimes, you know, if someone's on your iPad and you're on the phone, you would think, Oh my word, what's going on here? And it's like that. You're almost like a spy watching in on this film. Um, I absolutely loved it. Yeah, me too. So David, uh, searching, is it worth it? 100% worth it. It is out on the 31st of August. I think it's a brilliant film, really unique, and for all the reasons we've explained in this review, go and see this film. You will not be disappointed. Yep, completely agree. So worth it. So, so worth it. Uh, so that's our review of Searching. Porthouse. <laughs> You'll cut that, won't you? No. No, yes, you will. So we're at the end of our show and we're coming up with the last review, which is Hotel Transylvania 3 Summer Vacation. Uh, or in other places, it's called A Monster Vacation, I think. <laughs> um, so what is this film about? Well, Count Dracula and his company participate in a cruise for sea-loving monsters and unaware that their boat is being commandeered by the monster-hating Van Helsing family. Um, that is all you really need to know about yep. the plot of this film. Um, it's it's the summer blockbuster for the kids, or is it? Well, absolutely not. No, okay. <laughs> Incredibles so, two. Come on, great. Yeah, all right, I agree with you on that. It's one of the summer films. Yeah, for the kids. it definitely is. Um, well, you went in with fairly low expectations and came out with fairly low expectations. Still, like the, it didn't improve, did it? On your on your expectations. 
No. So I've got a number of points to make about this. The first thing I will say is it's got a very talented cast. Adam Sandler, Andy Sandberg, Salida uh, Gomez, Kevin James, David Spade, who I think is hilarious, Steve Buscemi. Um, so vocally, it's, it's, it's quite enjoyable. There's a lot of talented actors in there and a lot of talented voice actors. But I really didn't in, enjoy this film. Um, and I'll tell you why. I think the plot felt very, very lazy. Um, and I was never really engaged with the story. So I haven't seen the first two films. Um, and surprisingly, actually, this seems to have had a better critical reception than the second and sort of on par with the first. So um, maybe this isn't as bad as I'm making it out to be. But like you explained, it's basically they, they run a hotel. Um, Dracula's trying to get uh, a bit uh, a bit of action on, on Tinder has absolutely no luck, so I can relate to him in that sense. <laughs> and and he decides to go on this cruise, and, and that is about it. And we, we sort of get, you know, various bizarre scenes where there is very, very childish humour. And you're going to go, well, come on, David, it's a child's film. I know that, but in essence, so is The Incredibles, and that has plot and substance and good dialogue. This is very childish humour. And what do I mean by childish humour? I mean sort of slipping on banana skins, walking into poles, fart humour. You know, stuff that children will find entertaining, but possibly very difficult for adults to watch. Not a very good script, a bit of a predictable plot, and like I said, shallow humour. And now you'll probably think, oh, for goodness sake, David, you know, it's a kid's film. But... Don't forget, kids have to, most children have to be accompanied to the to the cinema. Yeah. So you do want a little bit in there for the adults. Um, and see, I didn't think there was a lot, but it's not a no hoper. No, see, I I don't agree with you on this uh, whatsoever. I think there's just enough adult humour in there to sustain you. I found myself laughing far too much at, at the childish humour, <laughs> but I I think that that's absolutely fine. I mean, there was a so many adults in this screening that I was in that actually really enjoyed themselves. Um, yes, it's not on par with The Incredibles with the adult humour. It's far more adult humour um, in The Incredibles than, than in this film. But sometimes you just... The childish humour humor you need as an adult, sometimes you mm. need to be taken back to that, that sort of childhood slipping on banana skin sort of, sort of comedy. Mm. Um, and I, and I don't think it's as bad as you're making it out to be so much. I think you need to be in the right environment, maybe seeing it with the right sort of people, surrounding yourself with people that you know who are laughing. Yeah, I, I will say this. So I, I did go and see this on my own because we, we try and see all the bad, all the films, including the bad ones, so you don't have to. So I, I did, did go and see this on my own. So that possibly didn't help. You know, when you walk into a child's film on your own, people are probably thinking, well, that's a bit strange. Um, <laughs> so I, I was just sort of stuck at the back. But like I said, it's not a, a complete no-hoper. Visually, very, very good. Yeah, the animation is is superb within this film. Lots of colours, and that's, you know, going to be engaging for the children. Uh, and I did like some of the characters, particularly the staff on the cruise, the fish. Yeah. These yeah, fish in suits. Funny. And they were, they were good, and I enjoyed that. And that was a bit more dry adult humour. Um, and I thought that was effective. You know, Adam Sandler as Dracula as well. I think he voiced that really well, and he, he was mm. he was funny. He actually was for the first time in quite a long time. Adam Sandler. Yeah. Um, you know, as you say, the script isn't great, but he did a he did a good job, I think. And I I, I genuinely think this is a, a much better film than it could have been. 
Maybe. Yeah. Like, definitely. Like I've said, it's not a complete no-hoper, but the last thing I want to say is that there have been three of these films in six years, and I just think that, sh- that tells you everything you need to know, that basically the first two did quite well at the box office, and they're desperate to get a third one out to make money, whereas if you look at things like yeah. Toy Story or The Incredibles, 14 years, they- they're not... Well, obviously they want to make money, but they 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 value their their films so much that they only produce quality films. Whereas this is a prime example of strike while the iron's hot, throw out another uh, hotel Transylvania in the middle of the summer holidays, and it will do quite well. And look, I'm going to ask Craig the question, but before I do that, I will say if you've seen The Incredibles too, and your kids want to go and see this, take them. The kids will enjoy. It. I'm just saying for an adult viewer, it's 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 lacking. Yeah, no, okay, I, I, I will agree with you on that. Go on, go on. But Craig, for the families, is it worth it? <laughs> yes, it's, it's, it's worth it for uh, the families to go and see this. Um, and I, th- I, I think if you're stuck for something to see in the cinema, if you've seen everything else and you haven't seen this, um, go and see it. It is, it is a bit of light entertainment and yeah. it, it, it will make you laugh at various points. And it's better than Sherlock Gnomes. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that one as well. Yeah, yeah. We've now come to the end of week 16 of the Film Review Podcast, Is It Worth It? Um, Before we end the show, we've got a couple of features that we want to do. We've got a few emails and comments from social media that we're going to read out. And then we have a new item as well, which is um, DVDs and movies that have uh, been in the cinema and now are released on DVD. Um, And Dave is going to run us down with those in a minute. Um, But first of all, we've got some comments on uh, Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. So we've got Mamma Mia. Um, So we've got James. He really enjoyed it more than he was expecting. Uh, We've got Mandy as well. She said uh, she loved it. Can't wait to see it again. Lily James was beautiful and a great dancer. The scenes were mesmerizing, especially the cast dancing to Dancing Queen and arriving on the boat. A real feel-good film. Um, we've also got, uh, trade mistakes on Instagram writing that she hopes it's worth it for the, um, Transylvania three. Um, she wants to go and see that it was with her friends. And then we've got Sabrina as well for Hotel Transylvania three on Twitter. She says that her kids loved it. Uh, but then again, we loved the previous two films and there was lots of adult humor. They had a chuckle at the monster Tinder scene. Mm. Um, and then we have an email as well from Tracy about Mamma Mia. She said uh, uh, she enjoyed the film very much. Uh, she loved the way it went back to how Donna met Harry, Bill and Sam. The music was great and she really loved Cher's character. Uh, I wish she had been in it more. Although it was a little sad because Donna had passed away, it was still upbeat and very funny and she really enjoyed seeing how Donna and her two best friends kept their lovely bond going through the good times and the bad. Was it worth it? Yes, definitely. I really enjoyed it and would watch it again. So thank you uh, to everybody there who uh, has emailed and commented uh, for the show. Uh, We're going to give some of the guys some tickets as well to go see some films in the cinema. If you're already uh, Cineworld Unlimited card holders, you can obviously give these to friends and family so they can come and see some films with you. And if you're not a Cineworld Unlimited card holder, use the £10 off voucher that we've got. Use the code IsItWorthIt when joining uh, and you'll get £10 off and that makes it £7.90 doesn't it? So um, that's all of those comments and emails done for this week's show. David lead us in to the DVD 
releases. <laughs> well, before that, I just got a text from my dad, actually. Oh, okay, go on. Um, they've been to see The Incredibles. I won't read the whole text, but he's basically said that it was well-written, lots of humour, very American, and he really loved uh, Edna Moe's character. Oh, yeah. Um, my mum and dad went to see that tonight, and they really enjoyed it. Uh, so I just thought I'd share that. But in terms of DVDs, we've obviously been doing this show for 16 weeks now. Before you go straight into this, should we insert a jingle here? What kind of a jingle? Well, stay tuned and you'll find out. Okay. DVD, DVD. Is it worth it? DVDs. Was there a jingle? That, that, that was a jingle, yeah. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> Hopefully it was good. <laughs> I don't know what Craig's doing. He edits this, so I'm just, I'm just going to talk. Um, yeah, we've been doing this for 16 weeks. Obviously, a lot of the films that we saw in the cinema on weeks sort of three, four, five, six, are coming out on DVD now. And a couple of DVDs that I think are worth buying. Um, Love, Simon. Love, Simon was in my top five films, and it remains in that top five. It's out on DVD on the 6th of August. It's a warm, smart, funny, beautifully made and well-acted film. I thought I was going to hate it, and I adored it. This is worth buying. It's out on the 6th of August. Uh, also out on the 6th of August is Ready Player One. Uh, I haven't actually seen this. I'm going to buy it on DVD because Craig reviewed it and said it was fantastic. And finally, A Quiet Place is out on DVD on the 13th of August. And I recommend that as well. So Love, Simon, A Quiet Place and Ready Player One all out on DVD in August. They are definitely worth buying. Go and buy them. I hope you enjoy the jingle, which I haven't actually heard yet. <laughs> that will be inserted later with the editing, and I believe we're coming to the end of the show. Yep, so one last thing that I'd like to say. So we now have our pull-up banner up at Cineworld Hemel Hempstead. Now, if you frequent that Cineworld quite a lot, we want you to take some pictures mm. next to our pull-up banner Um Pull funny faces, do whatever you want. Obviously, don't deface the pull-up because uh, that won't give you any awards or uh, any free tickets. Yeah, but if you if you make you... us laugh, um, yeah. then we'll give you some free yeah, tickets yeah, for yeah, doing so. You know, don't burn it or throw anything on it. Or, or draw uh, moustaches. Or moustaches, although I've already got yeah, beards. So so. Have I, um, maybe yeah, draw but... some hair on your head or slap <laughs> yeah, your bald yeah, head. Yeah. Or... Um, no, the idea, like Craig said, take some selfies in front of our, our pull-up or our poster. If they make us laugh, you might be able to win some free tickets. We want to have a bit of a sort of a selfie competition. And as always, please tweet us. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook. Swipe right for me on Tinder and Bumble. Email. And email us at filmisworthit at gmail.com. No. The email address is mymailisworthit at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh. film is worth it. At film is worth it is our Twitter handle. Okay, right. Craig. Do that again. Go on. Oh, you just cut that out. No, but just do it again. Go on. What's oh, the email address? The email address is my mail is worth it at gmail.com. Well done, David. There we go. Excellent. So that is now the end of the show. We hope you've enjoyed it. Don't forget just to do what we just said and email us and whatnot. Um, Send photos. Yeah, and like, hopefully share, we'll subscribe. be bringing you next week's episode or week 17. Maybe in the next week or two, depending what comes out and how quickly they come out, because we want to get a nice few films within, within the show. So thank you very much and good night. Thank you very much for listening. And, well, it might be good morning or good afternoon. We don't know when people are listening. Well, maybe we can finish it on uh, what the, uh, Truman said on the Truman Show. Which was good afternoon, good evening, good night. Or oh, good morning, good good evening, good night, good afternoon. I can't remember. Thanks how it for works. listening. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> See you later. <laughs>